near the end of his book, Just Mercy, a story of justice and redemption, Brian Stevenson despairs. He has spent decades as an attorney in Alabama, struggling to defend men and women on death row who have no one representing them in their final appeals. Having just gotten off the phone with Jimmy Dill, a man with a crippling speech impediment who is scheduled to be executed within the hour, Stevenson wonders aloud, I can just leave. Why am I doing this? It's exhausting work. And while most of the people he defends are guilty of their crimes, their cases have met with such gross abuses on the part of the court system that you really have a sense that not much justice has been accomplished at all. After sitting in his office contemplating leaving it all behind, Stevenson finally grasps why he does it. It took me a while to sort it out, but I realized something sitting there while Jimmy Dill was being killed in Holman Prison. After working for more than 25 years, I understood that I don't do what I do because it's required or necessary or important. I don't do it because I have no choice. I do what I do because I'm broken too. After witnessing so much suffering and so much hatred on all sides of a crime, time and time again, he has been broken. But the insight does not cause him to give up. Rather, he realizes we are all broken by something. We have all hurt someone and have been hurt. We all share the condition of brokenness, even if our brokenness is not equivalent. And somehow, his impulse to heal the brokenness he sees every day mends his own. God, be merciful to me, a sinner, the tax collector cries while beating his breast and looking to the ground. Recognizing his own brokenness, the man comes to the temple to confess his faults and ask forgiveness with that one simple sentence. Now, we don't know the particulars of his life, but we can guess pretty well. Tax collectors in Jesus' time were despised by most everyone. Roman toadies. They did the dirty work of the empire by collecting money from their fellow Jews for taxes imposed by the Romans. Often, they charged more than was required and took home the difference. So... Unlike Samaritans, say, in their day, who were hated just for who they were, tax collectors earned the ire of those around them. You might say that people in prison are the tax collectors of our day. While we hear many stories of men and women wrongly convicted of crimes they did not commit, the vast majority of the incarcerated have hurt someone, sometimes killed them. Under the laws of our country, they have earned their punishment. Five years, 30 years, life in prison without possibility of parole, death. With all the other troubles we face in our society, it's almost a relief to be able to lock up some of our problems and forget about them. But what if they were human beings? just like you and me? 
What if they were broken, just like you and me? What if the breaking they inflicted was the result of the breaking visited upon them in their lives? What if they had good people in their lives who loved them? Too bad? Tough? You had your choice and you chose evil over good? But what if, like the tax collector in the temple this morning, they confessed their faults and asked forgiveness? I'm not talking about setting them free as a result. I'm talking about having to face the possibility that they are fellow human beings whom God might be calling us to treat a little more humanely than we have been. I'm talking about just mercy. I honestly have trouble with this. I must confess to you that one of my shortcomings is that I tend to see the world in black and white. I have a fierce sense of right and wrong that grips me to a greater extent than I care to admit. I judge. I hold grudges. I have trouble forgetting, though I can forgive. And I have resisted in my heart the doing away with of capital punishment. The Episcopal Church officially favors banning it. Most people I know feel the same. But don't some people deserve to die for what they've done? I say yes. But Jesus says no. And he does it by constantly parading before us in his parables and in his encounters people we would like to write off, showing them in all their humanity and their brokenness. The woman caught in adultery, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. The prodigal son, this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. And Zacchaeus, another tax collector, whose story we will hear next week. Time and time again, Jesus says, you cannot just shut them out, lock them up, judge them and forget about them or kill them. You must encounter them somewhere in your life and be transformed by the encounter. And frankly, that sucks because it makes life much more complicated than I, for one, would like it to be. More and more, I am convinced that one reason God sent me to Los Gatos was so that I would have to commute 45 minutes each way, each day, from San Mateo and listen to these damned audiobooks. <laughs> like Just Mercy or Evicted, Poverty and Profit in the American City or American Prison, a reporter's undercover journey into the business of punishment so that the hard carapace of my heart could break and I'd feel compelled to report back my findings to you from this pulpit and maybe connect to some of the hardness in your own heart and soften it too. What a pain. How much nicer, how much easier it would be to be the Pharisee in today's reading whose prayer to God is a list of his accomplishments who compares himself favorably against the thieves, rogues, adulterers, and tax collectors who surround him, who can only hear the approbation and respect he receives from those who hold him in high esteem and stops his ears to cries for mercy, who comes to church each Sunday, 
prays and leaves unchanged, unmoved, unchallenged by anything. They broke the law, got caught, and are now being deported and taken away from their families. Well, guess what? Don't break the law, and none of that will happen to you. If she can't pay her rent, there's nothing I can do. We've given her enough time, and she's got to get out. It's not my fault if she becomes homeless. Rents are high around here. Move somewhere cheaper. If he voted for Trump, he's a racist, pure and simple. Why should I waste my time on him? We are all broken by something. We have all hurt someone and have been hurt. We all share the condition of brokenness. To recognize that is to feel the pain of all that brokenness surrounding us and to confront our own. To shut out that brokenness is to never feel our own. And so, like it or not, I come to you with book reports from the back of the temple where they are beating their breasts and crying for mercy. What are we going to do about it? For starters, we are called in today's gospel reading to humble ourselves. Admit we don't have all the answers. Admit we can be wrong. Admit we are in need of mercy for what we have done and for what we have left undone. And ask God for guidance on how to start working towards being transformed. Unfortunately, humility is harder when you have more to lose, as many of us do. Pride, security, wealth, convenience, easy living. But I've heard that there's also much joy in giving away mercy, for it is in giving that we receive. And I've heard that through our brokenness comes a humility that can turn into compassion. So that's the message today. And I leave you with three quotes that I wanted to use because they are relevant, but I could not quite weave them into the sermon. First one is from Richard Rohr, a Franciscan friar and author of many books, I think what he says elucidates quite well the difference between the Pharisee and the tax collector in today's reading. We worshipped Jesus instead of following him on his same path. We made Jesus into a mere religion instead of a journey toward a union with God and everything else. This shift made us into a religion of belonging and believing instead of a religion of transformation. From Debbie Thomas, a friend whose online scripture commentaries I sometimes use. She's talking about this parable. This seemingly simple parable should give us pause, especially if we are cradle Christians who have a long history with the church. It is possible to do all manner of impressive religious things and still walk away unjustified. It is possible to allow our piety itself to deaden us to God's spirit. It is possible to pray without touching anything within us that matters. It is possible to practice an outwardly beautiful Christianity that is ashen, lifeless, and pointless in the eyes of Christ. 
And finally, from C.S. Lewis, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. So it's thinking about God more and what God would have you do. And it's thinking about the needs of others more and sometimes even placing them above your own. So may God break our hearts open and make us more merciful. Amen.